What's up, everybody? Welcome in. We're here with the Big 6-0, episode 60, rows 1 through 10. Coming off a weekend in which we had the Texas two-step at Cotton Bowl Speedway. We had NASCAR at Las Vegas. A lot to talk about there. And, uh, yeah, so it was definitely a great weekend of racing. But, Derek, uh, coming off a birthday yesterday, my man, how are you doing today? Good, bud. Real good. Uh, yeah, like I said, birthday yesterday. Uh, didn't really get into too much. You know, that's when you know you're getting old. But, <laughs> hey, yeah, it was still a good time. And, uh, yeah, we're here today to talk about some racing from the weekend. I guess uh, start off the, the podcast, something I want like, second straight week, start off on a more somber note. But uh, we have to talk about the, the hauler accident with the DGR hauler and uh, driver Steven Stotts was, was killed. Just real tragic, and we can't really get into any racing action, I'd say, without making mention of that because that was just heartbreaking to see and, and thoughts and prayers to all the families and friends and all the, the people at the DGR team and everybody involved in that. Just just really sad stuff there. No doubt about it. I mean, everybody saw the pictures of how horrendous that wreck looked. Um, so just thoughts and prayers that go out to everybody, the DGR family, and, and certainly uh, the, the hauler driver that ended up passing away there. Uh, condolences to his family. Um, but yeah, now that we got that out the way, let's let's get into some racing, bud. What you, do yeah. you think of uh, the old Texas two-step for the World of Outlaws this weekend? Man, that track was – I thought I thought that was awesome. We had two awesome races and two uh, awesome programs in, in general both nights, and it was uh, a lot of fun too. I mean, we'll, we'll go in more chronological order, but first takeaway from, like, the weekend in general is, oh, man, what a heartbreaker for Sam Hafer Team Jr. I think everybody was – was pulling for him to get to victory lane for the first time in 11 years on Saturday night with the outlaws. And, oh, he was, oh, oh, so close. And a home state uh, win that would have been for him too. And, I mean, he had the dominant car all night. He set quick time, uh, drew uh, first in his heat, drew the number one, won the dash, started on the pole, led the first 26 laps and, it was all looking like it was setting up to be a, a magical night for for him and that 15 team, but it wasn't meant to be, and you you gotta you gotta feel for them there for sure. No doubt, uh, we we always see him qualify well and put himself in, in a good position, um, and just it, it never materializes in the feature. Um, I, I believe if you go back to Bristol last year, he set quick time, so you know they got fast race cars. Um, and like I said, it always seems like he's qualifying on the pole to me. So, yeah, just a heartbreaker. Uh, I didn't realize it's been 11 years since he's won an Outlaws event. That's pretty pretty crazy. Um, and definitely it sucks to see it slip away like that on Saturday night. We know one thing they talked about with that team was was they started off very fast last year. You know, they had a fast car at Belusha. They had a fast car at Bristol, as you mentioned. They just had a fast start to the season in general, and he felt like they kind of fell off throughout the summer and end of the fall. And that's their their biggest their biggest goal of, of this year is to put together a more complete year. And, I mean, they – you say they, they don't put together complete races, and I think we – like, this is de- – they definitely put together a complete race here. I mean, it came home P2, so nothing to scoff at there. But, man, that – that should have been his night Saturday night, and oh man, I was I was I was hurting for uh, I was hurting for old old Sam 
watching that one. Just sucks. It sucks. Definitely, uh, definitely rooting for him to uh, to get one, and that would have been really cool to see in his home state. But it just wasn't meant to be. No, it just fell apart right there at the end. Like I said, lost uh, lost the lead with like four laps to go, and then uh, like I said finished second. But not nonetheless, it was definitely a solid day, and and certainly I know when he's running with the outlaws, if he can continue to run like that, he'll be in position to to get a win for sure. Something to certainly build on for that team. One thing our buddy Chase Rodman brought up uh, before the start of that feature, which was funny, his one Outlaws win was 11 years ago. It was actually in the Rudine Racing number 26, which is the car Corey Eliasson was driving that he started side-by-side with in that feature on Saturday. So uh thought that was pretty interesting and a good pull from uh, from Chase, but uh, – but yeah, I mean, we can go back to to Friday and kind of do this thing in more chronological order. But I'd say that was definitely the Outlaws story of the weekend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but yeah, we'll go back to Friday. Um, Corey Eliasson was really quick, um, I believe. Uh, although uh, Jacob Allen did sit on the pole, um, or I guess a quick time award. Yeah, and then Corey Eliasson did get the pole. Uh, Jacob day. Allen, by the way, that team, they have a lot of speed to start the year. That team's killing it. Yeah, even Saturday before their troubles on lap one there. But uh, we'll get into that. But, yeah, Corey Lyson starting up on the front, and he, he looked good all night. Um, and then, again, kind of like the preview what we saw Saturday, just there towards the end. I can't remember exactly how many laps. Uh, it looks like seven laps Sheldon Hodgefield uh, led on Friday night to pick up the win. So, uh, out of 30 laps, only – only lead seven to uh, and Corey Elias and uh, he, he definitely had a dominant car that night. Yeah, for sure. It looked like it was going to be a night for Corey Elias and uh, he came home P2 and it was Sheldon Hoddenshield just absolutely. And, and by the way, I'm trying to get like the race stats pulled up and I do not like this new layout on the outlaw site. Uh, to, yeah, it was it was so smooth to navigate before. I don't like, you know, I was trying to get through like all like the laps led totals and everything. I can't even find them on here. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah, we're, we'll, we'll just kind of wing it here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. And Sheldon Hodgefield, I mean, you were watching him pick cars off one by one and just rip, ride the rim. And yeah, just basically doing what Hod does. You know, they call it the Hod line for a reason. Uh, yeah, and I mean, last year he was the only one up there running it at this race. This race last year, uh, and this year everybody was kind of up there ripping it. Um, but but he he was able to find another gear and and work lap traffic and stay there, stay up there, and I guess he drove from seventh place uh, to the win. And have to mention too, I mean, a marathon of a night for for James McFadden as he. He led the first few laps and lost a, a right rear from the lead, which ended up bringing out our first caution. But looked like it was going to be a night for him and pretty crazy to see. And it wasn't like there wasn't an abundance of tire issues throughout the night, which just made that those issues from, from J-Mac from the lead so surprising. But looked like for a while it was going to be his race. I think he led, like I said, this new website trying to figure out how to navigate it. Uh, can't find the totals, but I think he led like the first ten laps or so when he had that right rear go down. Yeah, uh, lap eight caution. Uh, James McFadden had a, a right rear go down um, with a bit of contact, I believe, uh, with him and Eliason. Uh, and, 
And then that's when they made the call to go single file restarts the rest of the night from there on because the, the outside lane just, just had such an advantage all night and won like every single restart and every preliminary race. By that point, when, when J-Mac had that tire go down, they made the call and said, hey, let's go single file the, the rest of the night. Gotcha, yeah. I didn't get to actually watch Friday evening. Um, uh, I believe I was out to dinner, and then the truck race came on. I ended up watching that. Uh, but, yeah, no, nonetheless, I did watch the recap, and, and I didn't realize they went single file. But, yeah, definitely a little bit of caution filled. Or not maybe not caution filled, but definitely a few cautions uh, Friday night, and that kept things bunched up. Uh, you had a hell of a battle between Logan Schuhart, uh, Brad Sweet, and then obviously your eventual, eventual winner, um, Sheldon Hoddenshield. So, yeah, it, it was definitely a good race on Friday. Uh, definitely ha- have to give a shout to Donnie Shots for, like, I mean, they had they had their hands full all weekend in that 15, it seems. They were just struggling, but he was able to – get up on the wheel and pick up eight spots and be the hard charger of the night and come home P5 for what was a night that that was not easy for that team by any means. So like we said, we kind of feel like this year is going to be somewhat of, of a renaissance for Donnie shots. And we're going to see vintage Donnie make a return. And so far so good on that promise, because even on a night where that team seemed like they were struggling, he was able to get up on the wheel and have a hell of a drive through the field. Yeah, plus eight spots on the night uh, after not so good qualifying effort or uh, heat draw, um, starting 13th, like you said. But to come back to finish fifth, uh, that's definitely definitely pretty solid. Hell yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to add for Friday that I can think of. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, we can move to, to sad. One thing for Friday is, is – I'm not sure what happened with Casey Kane between Friday and Saturday, but man, it kind of sucked to see that. Uh, so, you know, lingering effects from his from his accident at Volusia. So we hope he gets well soon. Obviously, but it, it was it's interesting because he 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 didn't have a good night by any means on Friday, and I'm pretty uh pretty sure at one point in the the dash or the the LC no not the dash the LCQ he had um. He had some issues and had contact with somebody. Don't remember who he had. He had con- yeah. He had contact with uh I don't know. I don't remember. But uh and then Saturday he's out of the car and Darren Pittman climbed into the nine. So definitely surprising to see that and just hope Casey gets well soon and hope to see him back in the car this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um like I said, it was, I, I had to go back and look at the timeline and timestamp of everything. It, this weekend was kind of a blur, but I couldn't remember if it came out late Friday, like as we were recording um, Friday is breaking news or if it did come out Saturday. And it did come out Saturday um, that they put Pittman in the car. So, yeah, hopefully Casey gets back uh, better soon, and, and hopefully we see him back on tour. Um, and hopefully this doesn't take too much of a knock in the uh, Rookie of the Year battle. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's definitely going to – need to get back in it if he wants to keep up there because Spencer Basin's had a, a couple pretty good runs now. So uh, we know he's going to be looking for that. But uh, as we got into Saturday, one thing I haven't mentioned yet was the Heat 2 was one of the most fun races I'd, on Saturday, I'd say, with uh, Craig Kinzer winning and, and Macedo and Zierfoss battling for that last spot in the dash. 
and Macedo got Zierfoss at the line by three one-thousandths of a second to get there. That was some really action-packed racing there. The heat races in general on Saturday were great. You had the battle in Heat 3 with Jacob Allen and David Gravel. Uh, just some really good racing in those heats, and we knew it was going to set up for, for a great night. Yeah, I mean, you said, talked about it earlier about Sam Hayford Jr. putting on a show. Um, really all night got lucky with the draws and the dash and everything. Um, and then uh, goes out and what I think he said led 26 laps or something like that. So even though it was a dominant race, it, it wasn't really that boring of a race. You had Logan Schuhart with the hard charger award up from, uh, from 12th to 4th, picking up eight spots on the night. So solid run for Logan there. Um, James McFadden was up front again. Um, like I said, we had he had his issues Friday night, but he put a podium out there third. Um, trying to think. Oh yeah, the biggest biggest thing I feel like came out was that kind of contact on lap one with Corey Eliason and uh, Jake uh, Jacob Allen, and uh, so, the steering. So I say the steering broke on Allen's car. So I, I did one thing. I did like going back through our tweets that uh as for like the timeline and the recap was really the the contact was jacob allen and and craig kinzer and Corey elias and just kind of had nowhere to go as jacob allen spun down the track oh so. uh, yeah you're right that's right and then the Corey elias ended up having trouble after the fact like uh something was bent or broken uh, yeah he had he had a he came back out and then had a broken shock gotcha and, like, they thought it was a flat tire at first, and he drove off, and then they were like, oh, no, it's a broken shock. He's done for the night. Like, gotcha. So, hate to see that for them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of speed that they had, so disappointing to see it fall apart so quick. Same same with Jacob Allen, as I kind of screwed up his night uh, on lap one, and, and it, it sucked because that's two straight years. He had a real chance to win this race, and just – like last year, he's leading this race, and remember that's where he jumped the cushion and flipped from the lead. Yep. In this race, so and then here, um, for him, fast car and to get caught up in some some shit on lap one, and for and for Craig Kinzer have to have to feel for them too because that's a that's a team they needed some great runs and obviously contact on the first lap is not ideal. So just in general, some contact and tough luck for some teams who really had needed and had chances to have some good runs. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to say, we haven't even really touched on it. Carson Macedo picking up the win, um, stealing the win late, uh, starting sixth up to first. So pretty good run for that team. Uh, they've had a slow start coming, kind of coming out of the gates here, but I think, I think kind of everybody's kind of had getting a slow start with, with the weird schedule a month off in between races, essentially. Um, I think now that we're kind of getting into a rhythm of week-to-week racing, uh, you'll see these guys who who are really going to have their stuff together for the year. But good win for Carson Macedo and that Jason Johnson 41. Um, it was it was crazy because it looked like late in the race and, like, the announcer said it and I tweeted it and it looked like it was kind of like the coronation and uh, Sam Hayfertief was starting to pull away and then something just flipped and uh, – or he got caught up in the lap traffic and Macedo was just able to make up ground so quick and get up there. So. Yeah. And at one time when Carson Macedo actually made the pass, they were side by side off turn four 
And uh, same if he didn't really put, press the issue, he could have probably pressed the issue a little bit going into one uh, and, and stuffed it underneath him. But, yeah, that definitely set up the potential for a big wreck. Uh, he just settled for second there. But um, I think if guys you, that we're not really talking about, a uh, solid run for Brog's ear Foss uh, coming in sixth on Saturday night. So good, solid run for that team. Uh, kind of a guy that's a little bit outlier. They're not getting enough attention, I feel like. Yeah, they did a good job, and they had a good race on Saturday, and they're another team. We mentioned that was really hoping and looking to have a great run, and they certainly delivered on that. So great uh, great for them, for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything more about Saturday? No, we can um, we can talk about this uh, this upcoming weekend if you want to start flipping to that. Um, I don't know if you have our, uh, our what to watch for pulled up. Um, yeah, so- we had heading to California. Uh, for three three weeks out there, kind of our West Coast swing, or at least the first part of it, the first one. Um, we go to Thunder Bowl this weekend. Uh, Merced Speakwig uh, for a, a single-day show on the 18th, a single-day show at, at Ocean Speedway on the 19th, um, and then at Bakersfield and Paris Auto Speedway uh, the weekend of the 25th, 26th. So some uh some some California dreaming for the outlaws there. Uh, we know they've wanted to get back on this this West Coast run for a few years, and it's been halted by COVID. You know we know they got out to California last September, but it was definitely subdued, and that was while the wildfires were run, were running rampant too, and threw another monkey wrench in all those plans. But finally able to to get back out west, and we know. A lot of people on that tour. We know our buddy Chase, being from California, is really excited about that. So, uh, should be a lot of optimism this weekend with everybody happy to be back out there and some tracks we haven't raced at in a while. Yeah, no doubt about it. I said probably since we've been following and, and certainly since this podcast has been out, uh, I don't think we've really covered the the West Coast swing like this. So it'll definitely be interesting to see some new race tracks. Um, and see, see what kind of show these guys put on. And as I said, we, we don't have much to go on because it's been, what, two two years since we've been out here? Yeah, it's been uh, three years because it's been since 2019. 2020 was COVID. Okay, they canceled it in 2019 or 2020. I got you. Yeah, it's been canceled the last couple years with COVID. So, <clears throat> But uh, COVID and then, yeah, the reschedule was for last fall and then that's when the wildfires canceled and moved some of those races yeah i guess it's not really talked about as much um in the sprint car community but california is definitely kind of a hotbed for sprint car racers um you got definitely the big names um tim katie rico abreu giovanni selzy dominic selzy shane goldberg tanner carrick uh colby copeland so just tons of names out there that that are from California. Um, so it's definitely going to be a good show. We're going to have lots of car counts. Um, I'm not sure. Are the All-Stars racing this weekend? Or, or some, maybe some of those guys going to be out there this weekend? They do not race till like, the second weekend of April. Okay. So they got some time. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we don't, we don't really know what to expect when we go out here, I feel like, too much. Um, we can look at the point standings 
I know it's super early, but you got Gravel leading the points by 16 right now over Donnie Schatz and Sheldon Hodenshield. What do you think? There you go. I was uh, just getting some information for the races this weekend uh, pulled up. But uh, right off the bat, we see in this article that Brad Sweet and uh, Carson Macedo, two native Californians, uh, both very pumped to get out there and hopefully wave the flag this weekend in their home state. So that's going to be something to uh, something to watch. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Larson might try to make the trip on Friday and race out there, being it's his home state, and they're already out west. I don't know if, if he has plans to race out there. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, never anything. I mean, he might even be able to make Saturday night work, you know? Yeah, for sure. It, it seems like it always, uh, with him, it's never, like, we. You, know, you just never really know. He just kind of pops up or he doesn't. Yeah, so. it definitely wouldn't put it out, out of the question to see him pop up this weekend. But yeah, so everybody everybody's excited about that to get back out there. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to uh, what else to add there. I mean, we can get in and, and make some picks this weekend for this, or or we can make those later. However, you want to um, navigate that. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have much else to add about this weekend, other than cool to be back in California. Um, we can look at the the. Uh, the past uh, winners at, at Thunderbolt Raceway in Tulare, where we're going this weekend. Um, uh, um, Donnie Schatz has three wins there. David Gravel has two wins there. Uh, Rico has two wins there. I'm sure Rico, being hit, another guy from California, will be there racing. He has two wins there. And then other active guys with wins going through this list. Uh, Darren Pittman has a win there, so I don't know if he'll be in the nine. This weekend, and uh, Aaron Reitzel and Ian Madsen have wins there. Yeah, all right. Well, we, we can wrap this, the sprint car part up with, I guess, we'll just do some picks then. All right, let's do it. Um, So, Friday night, Thunder Bowl both nights. Who you got Friday? I'm going to go with Donnie Schatz. All right. By the way, I, I did this weekend – I picked Carson Macedo on Friday, and he won on Saturday. Okay, well, I picked Sheldon on Saturday, and he won on Friday. So we're both just idiots. Well, I mean, we're, we know what we're talking about. We just can't get <laughs> the days right, you know what I mean? We're on the map, at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, so there's that. Um, but, yeah, Friday night. Um... <laughs> I mean, yes, we are idiots, though. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, not really going to argue with that one. You know, um, how about it? Friday night, home state, Rico Abreu right. to victory lane. Is he I'll confirmed? I mean, I guess he's confirmed. Yeah, I, I, I assume, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that assumption, and I'll probably look like an idiot in hindsight, and he won't be there for some reason. I don't imagine he wouldn't be there. So, All right, who you got for Saturday? Saturday? Uh, I'll go with another home state boy. Uh, first win of the season. I can't believe it's taken this long, but he finally gets it done, and Brad Sweet goes to victory lane in his home state. All right. I kind of had him circled as well, but I will pick somebody different. You know what? I'm going to go with the guy that was fast all last weekend and did get the win. Uh, got one podium, but we'll go with James McFadden to pick up a win on Saturday. 
All right. Yeah, definitely uh, could have been a contender last weekend. But um, yeah, yeah can, I can confirm Rico Abu will be there this weekend. There you go. He will be there for all of the West Coast swing. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I couldn't imagine he wouldn't be. So, yep. I believe he, he was racing this weekend. Is that correct? He was, yeah. Okay, yeah. So his schedule is showing. So, so I did not get a chance to watch it. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, I think that'll wrap it up for the picks, right? Yeah, that should be uh, it for the, the outlaws portion of the, of the picks in the podcast. So, um, I guess hopefully Casey Kane's back in the car this weekend. Definitely one thing I'm uh, I I'm gonna say before we get out of here. But yeah, no, not 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 much else to add. I'd say. All right, well, we'll switch over to uh, I guess NASCAR this. Uh yeah. Um, I'll need you. I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and pass off trucks to you because you said you were able to watch that. I was like back and forth, but mainly focusing on outlaws. And once outlaws was over, I was out for the count. I did not make it. To, like I put on the truck race and there was a wreck, like, or, or there was a wreck. There was a, like, I think there were like two cautions and I, I tapped out. There's like 40 to go. I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. I, I ended up falling asleep myself before it was over. So I did not see the finish and uh, really the whole controversy behind the, the race. Um, I see the again. clip with Kyle Busch and Christian Eckes, and I mean, it's kind of just a dumb block by by Christian Eckes. I mean, he's he he had the faster truck, and he was probably going to make that pass anyway, and just chop down in front of Kyle, and Kyle wasn't wasn't having it. Right. Yeah, I mean that's basically what it was. Uh, Kurt Kurt Busch was in the booth. He's always pretty good in the booth, uh, and he called the same thing. Yeah, just a just a stu- silly block by Eckes. Um, and then, damn, you're gonna have to refresh me. You you know who won the race? Yeah, Chandler Smith. That's it. Uh, he so, yeah. passed Kyle Busch for the win, I believe. Yeah, his, his owner, pa- so. passing the boss man. So that's never a bad thing. Uh, so solid for him and that team. <laughs> Shout out our our buddy Tim Duggar on the '98 truck. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's a, that's not the uh, not the first time he's been featured on a truck. So. Always love it when when our buddy Tim Tim's featured on the on the back of one of the Thor Sport trucks. Um, we know they have the, that deal with Curb Records, and, and that's who's uh, backing Tim. So, yeah, that was cool to see. It's cool to see the Onion Todd Bodine back. Uh, kind of a struggle for him, but that has to kind of be expected with with everything there. But I mean, it's just so cool to see him back on the tr- uh, or back in the truck. Yeah, I felt like uh, I mean, he, I knew it would be definitely a struggle getting up to speed and kind of feeling the truck out, but I felt like he was doing a good job of that, and then uh, just kind of stepped over that line a little bit and, and busted his ass, um, and then that this definitely just ruined his night. And I think they tried to fix the truck and tape it up, but it was just bad, and he ended up getting a spin again or something. So yeah, it's definitely cool to see him back out there. Um, we talked about that last week, but. Unfortunate luck um, to, to end up wrecked like that. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, he, he's got a few races this, this this year on this retirement tour. So, he, he's going to, you know, learn more and feel more with these trucks as time goes on. So, got to gotta be pulling for him and, and hope for good things uh, for them and, and for that team for sure. Yep, uh, and like I said, we can kind of get into the biggest controversy of the weekend, really. Um, 
and, and I said I missed it. It must have happened at the last closing laps of the race um, where Spencer Boyd was left uh, on the inside of the racetrack, I'm assuming, and, and NASCAR didn't throw a caution for like a lap and a half with a, oh, with, a tr- with a truck stopped um, at the inside of the racetrack. So, And he was hurt. <clears throat> yeah, he, he ended up having a dislocated shoulder. Um, I, think I knew he was hurt, but I didn't realize they just left him hanging out on the track. That's not good. No, it, I think NASCAR's trying to keep it hush-hush, honestly. Like, I haven't seen very many articles about it, but I know NASCAR, like, had two meetings, like, Monday and Tuesday about it um, and, and to make sure something like this never happens again. So, definitely one of the situations. I mean, we talked about it last year where NASCAR has really blown some calls, uh, you know, over the last year or so. Um, and this is definitely another instance of it where there's, they need to get better communication with the corner workers. Um, you think back to, to Charlotte last year, that race we were at. Charlotte that comes to mind. I mean, you think about uh, New Hampshire. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's literally raining. The drivers are telling you it's raining. And it's like, how do you throw the green there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's another one. I, I even forgot about it. I was just thinking about the truck series. Yeah, I know. I will never forget that truck race at Charlotte where the guy spun, and like I said, it seemed like forever before they threw the caution. I was trying to think of who that was, too. Was that Spencer Boyd there, too? Or I remember it was No, like a, I don't think so. I remember it was just like a black truck. Yeah, it wasn't very, very uh, decaled up, but to say if it was, it was dark colors. Uh, usually the Young's Motorsports trucks are, are were white. Uh, mostly white. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, I certainly, like I said, NASCAR's done a questionable job, to say the least, um, when it comes to cautions. We they, we even go back to, uh, whatever, uh, I guess it was last week at California when uh, Justin Haley hits the inside wall and, and no cautions thrown. But then... Also, again, this week, they wait till the 43 spinning down the racetrack and comes back up into traffic before they throw the caution. So just inconsistency from NASCAR. We've talked about it before. Uh, just need to get that cleaned up. Well, you talked about the term you used was the controversy of the weekend, and I feel like that's a good segue to Saturday. And very, very early on in that race, we certainly had some controversy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, I, I didn't realize how early that had happened in the race. Um, oh, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was like lap four, I think, three or four, when when Ty Gibbs came up and got. I don't know if you can say he he ran him over. I don't know. I think he. I mean, there was maybe a little bit of contact, but it was mostly I feel like arrow. Um, but there's just no need to run up on a guy like that three laps into a however many lap race over hundred. I think 134 or something like that. And he get he gets on the radio and is like, oh, I I just I didn't touch him. And like, oh, he just got loose. Yeah, and and who was his spotter or his crew chief? Like, yeah, because you ran up his ass. Like, yeah, like I, I believe I, that was Hirschman that said that. So, Ty, I mean, Ty Gibbs is just fantastic he, driver. We take he, he's young. I mean, let's let's go back. Let's not I forget. I mean, he's what nineteen years old, so he's definitely young and. I mean, he's going to make mistakes. We go back to last year at Charlotte. He kind of did the same thing to Chase Briscoe when he was leading. Um, Guess you can be young, and but he definitely does need to be taught a lesson. Uh, no, and I think like, I mean I think that message came across. I mean, uh, granted, 
Ryan Sieg kind of looked like an idiot trying to do it. Um, but I think he learned his lesson that, that look, you, you, you spin the wrong guy, he's going to take you out. Yeah, what was Ryan Sieg doing there, man, though? Like, that's the one thing. Like, I'm, I'm team Ryan Sieg on this all the way, man. But it's like Landon Castle. Never forget the, the first rule of racing is learn how to wreck somebody without wrecking yourself. Yes, for sure. Um, <laughs> Safe to say he did not execute rule number one. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like I said, he ran him up the racetrack, and, I mean, he's already at the fence, essentially. Just at that point, just keep going at the fence. Uh, it was like he, he he had to spin him, you know what I mean? If you just put him in the fence, it, chances are he's not going to win that race, you know? He's going to get damaged, and it's going to be a long day for him. So that's what that was his goal to ruin his race, but then it, Ty Gibbs ended up standing in victory lane. And then Ty goes on to win the race to just make matters even worse. Yeah, and I know you took a uh, kind of offense to, like you said, it, before the – crazy to talk about real quick, but the snow delay in Las Vegas, uh, a wintry mix delay in Las Vegas. It's pretty wild to talk about. Um, I knew I'd seen the weather early on in the week it said that, but I was like, there's no way. Like, but sure enough, it, it ended up happening snow, sleet, rain mix. Um, I don't know how long it was red flag for. Not terribly long, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, just kind of interesting there. But, yeah, after after that um, after that whole deal, he goes into victory lane and Ty Gibbs is like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And like you said before, he's like, oh, he just got loose. So, yeah, don't if you, if you get a guy loose, don't change your tune about it. Be like, yeah, I got him loose. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, and and Drew Drew brought up a, like he's like oh he's like I think it's good, you know we we got a heel and it's like the problem is like he's just the worst heel ever. Like he tries, yeah. yeah, he tries to act like he's you know the nice guy and and the good little boy and he just drives like a dick. Like I will say that he's got the one of the best heels to learn from in in, in his grandpa's back pocket there with old Rowdy Bush. So yeah, and that was like. I mean, I don't, we won't really, I guess, fully transition, but uh, Kyle Busch kind of stole the headlines again this weekend without winning. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that all here in just a little bit. But Kyle Busch has been the story on, like, literally the story on Sirius all week has been Kyle Busch and Ty Gibbs. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like I said he's got he's got one of the best heels to learn from. He's young. Give him some time. And that's the thing. It's like. When he does make these mistakes, they're just magnified because he's 19 years old in the Xfinity series with literally probably the best car out there, you know. So it's like you don't need to do this dumb dumb thing to happen. But we like you know what I'm saying you're young. You're, he's gonna learn. It's, it's just it's stupid. Like there's no reason for it. It's no, like, like I said, I think he learned his lesson this weekend. You heard him in victory lane saying, "Oh, I'm, I'm super sorry about it." Um, He's, we thought maybe he learned his lesson after Charlotte last year, but I guess he did. It, remi- it reminds me of Noah Gregson. And, well, and, and, I, and what has Noah done? Come into his own. He's kind of yeah, grown up a I, little I, bit. I do think I do think Noah's showed a lot of maturity. I think last I think I think early last year things kind of like came to a head, and then he kind of mellow. Like I think like through the summer last year, like I guess after the Daniel Hemrick incident is when he really started to seemingly figure shit out. Maybe that was like a wake up call for him, but I yeah, mean, that was I, mean I think about it. I mean, it's a lot of pressure. One and, and 
I mean, it's, these kids are basically handed the keys to the kingdom at 19 years old, and they're in the spotlight all the time, you know? And, I mean, Noah, like, you know, you had Noah. He first came in, and, I mean, he's, like, smashing his teammates under the wall with 20 to go to win the in reference to his win at Bristol where he just puts it, punts Justin Allgaier into the wall with yeah. 20 to go. At, like, and that's just, like, it's stupid. Or, like, the – the race where he just wrecked Riley Herbst, like on on lap five. But that, but that's exactly what the tie game situation reminded me of. Honestly, that's exactly what I thought back to. I was like, man, this feels eerily similar to, to that. Um, so yeah, you, it's just something you can't do. And like I said, Ty Gibbs will learn. I think I said I think it was a learning moment this weekend when he realized, oh man, this guy could take me out and ruin our race. So. Yeah, well, let's have to see what he does going forward. But yeah, it's just something we he's just got to learn. And and Ryan, like like Ryan Sieg is is not a guy he's going to put up with some shit. So I wouldn't be surprised if if this isn't over and he does get tied back with something at some point. Yeah, no doubt. Like I said they, that's a small team that uh, really can't afford to tear up race cars like that, uh, and, and that definitely tore up that car pretty good. So. We'll have to see if, if it payback comes. I guess we're at another short, or not really another short track, but a short track this weekend um, where payback could definitely come. So we'll just have to see. An- another, uh, so another strong run for Noah Gregson this weekend. Good for him. Have to give a shout to him. Damn him. He, they've just come out absolutely swinging this year. Swept both stages. Oh, so a second place finish? Yep. Came okay. home P2. So strong race for him, a strong race for Daniel Hemrick. He came home P3. Josh Berry was my pick of the race. He uh, he came home P4. Uh, another guy, Landon Castle, who needed a good run, he came home sixth. Uh, Brett Moffat, who got some shit in that uh, Ty Gibbs, Ryan Sieg incident early, bounced back to finish. Him and Sheldon Creed were both involved in that incident and bounced back to finish seventh and eighth respectively so that's good yeah i didn't really look at the full like uh i guess results and i didn't i had seen the clip of those two cars getting into the wall with the ty gibbs uh, ryan seek situation some innocent bystanders if you will uh and, and i was like man you hate to see that um uh, but good to see those those two guys came back for top tens there yeah for sure but uh, Noah definitely had the had the car to beat here in this race, and Ty Gibbs was able to get a good restart and get by him late, and he was able to uh, to hold it down and bring it home. But man, that that nine team has definitely been a, a force early. That's three straight P two finishes for them now. Yeah, no doubt about it. We talked about it last week. I, I said I think he was my pick, if I recall correctly, um, to go out and get the win. Um, yeah, that's. All, all, all top three finishes for the first four, three races of the year. Yeah, so credit to them where it's due. They they have come out absolutely storming out of the gate. Well, and the last time, we, well, I guess I can't remember who won. Oh, I guess it was Daniel Hamrick last winter here at Phoenix. But uh, Phoenix's sister track, uh, Noah, Noah Gregson, got the win there at Richmond last fall. So. Yep. We know he's going to be a threat on this type of racetrack this weekend as well. Maybe some foreshadowing there for our picks later. Could be. You have to stay tuned to find out. We'll see. But, yeah, I mean, anything else on uh, on Xfinity before we go ahead and move into uh, Sunday's Cup race? 
Um, but yeah, some sponsored news. Uh, Brandon Brown got a energy drink sponsor this week. Uh, they will be on the car, I think, starting it with Atlanta. Um, but yeah, so we'll have to see how that plays out for them. I know there's been a lot of speculation online um, that it's not a real energy drink company or and stuff like that. So we'll just have to see. But either way, it's good to see that not a blank white white race car anymore. Uh, that's tough to see. I know you had some some associated sponsors on there, and then we obviously know the whole sponsorship fiasco deal from before the season even started. Um, yeah, so just kind of something neat. Yeah, I, I didn't see the – I saw they got a sponsor. I didn't realize people were saying it wasn't a real energy drink. But, I, I honestly, that, that's part of the course with Brandon Bilt and how everything's going there. Yeah, pretty much. So, what's that I said? Was that to say? Stay tuned and see how that plays out. You're going to get us some uh, some energy drinks from from uh, from the guys there? We will find out, I guess. I'm still, try, <laughs> still trying to get my hands on some Larry Lemonade. So, we'll see. Oh, there you go. Is Larry's lemonade? Is that like is it a alcohol or is it just like yeah. actual lemonade? No, it's an alcohol. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've actually I've never really like looked into that uh that company. Never seen their products. On there, the I know there was some uh yeah they're hard. I don't think they're like a local out of like uh, Norfolk, Virginia or Hampton. Oh, okay. Down there, but um. Uh, oh yeah, I know there was some conflict uh, between Coastal Carolina and Larry's Lemonade there with the beginning of their sponsorship when Coastal was still on the car with Brandon with it being an alcohol. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know there were either Coastal didn't like that or somebody didn't like that. I don't know if it was NASCAR or Coastal, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's about all I got for the Xfinity side. Um, we can get into the cup stuff yeah so uh man the next gen like that's the biggest takeaway the next gen car is just killing it man i mean another fantastic race i don't know like what better way to uh to intro the cup race than that i mean this car has just been amazing Good. No, it's made a uh, cup racing fun again, man. It's been definitely a blast to watch the past really three weeks, I guess. We were in Daytona, but even on TV at home at California last week and then this past weekend at Las Vegas. I mean, I know we know California has been uh, has put on some good races over the years. Um, and that's and people really were uh, didn't want to see the two mile track go away for the short track. I know there was some pushback from the get-go on that, but Las Vegas, you, I think back to the, the this race last fall, I mean, and it, it was honestly probably one of the worst races of the year. Um, probably, yeah, it, one of the, if not the worst, for sure. Yes, uh, I mean, the only thing that really saved this was Willie, Willie B was fast and had some tire issues late. Um, he was looking, I think, to win that race, if I'm not mistaken, but... Either way, yeah, just really boring race last fall. I mean, it was under the lights, but if you just compare those two, I mean, these it's just a night and day different product. Um, you, you had passing all the way throughout the field. You had Kyle Busch starting in a backup car at the very end, tail along his line at the beginning of the race, and Mabel passed his way up through the field. I mean, we know that's not really uncommon, but it was just definitely refreshing to see. We see these drivers... They got their hands full, man. We've had the most cautions, and 
the first three races, or I guess I should say tied for the most cautions in the first three races in NASCAR history. So it's ever. Um, and, and, and as I told you in, uh, in our group chat, one thing that's, that's just made me so happy is like seeing the, the tire, like the tire strategy, like really coming into play again, where I've been bitching for years. Like we need tires that wear out and they give cup teams too many sets of tires. And it seems like both of those things are like, these tires are wearing drivers are having to, to manage their tires at a track like Las Vegas. That's a pretty new surface. I don't know. It's, it's pretty new. I don't know if it's ever been paved, but it's certainly not as abrasive as like say a Darlington or something. Yeah. But yeah, yeah the drivers actually have to conserve their tires at, at Las Vegas. And, and another thing is, is like you saw teams making strategy plays to conserve a, a set of tires which is something we, we, you know, we see in Xfinity and trucks from time to time, but then you get to the cup series and it seems. No, like we see it, it in, in trucks and Xfinity all the time. Yeah. Almost then, every week. But like I said, I can't remember the last time we've seen that in a cup race. Yeah. That's what I said to you in, in, in the group chat is like for years in cups. And it's been such a big complaint of mine is they give these teams 20, like I said in the group chat, 20 sets of rocks that don't wear out. Like they don't have to to manage their sets. There's just they're just like here. Here's twenty sets for the race, and there's just there's no tire strategy. And now, and I don't know if it's a supply chain thing why these teams aren't getting as ma- as many sets of tires right now, or if if it's a conscious decision being made. But irregardless, it's it's well, no, awesome. it's just it's just they're pitting on every every time there's a pit, every time there's a caution, they're pitting. It's what it is. I mean, they they still had I think twelve sets. For the weekend or for 12 sets for the race so i said i don't know exactly how many cautions there were but um yeah when you can keep having cautions like that i guess i don't think we've made a single fuel run yet with this car every time people have gone down pit road whether it's green flag or or not it's for tires we've never, yeah we have not made a see a fuel a full fuel run with this car yet. So uh, it goes to show you how important tires are. Uh, and, and before that, before that, before you need fuel, someone's either going to bust their ass or you're going to have to come take tires. So good, good stuff to see there for sure. No, definitely. And I, I, I hope they do start limited in sets of tires a little bit. You can say it's a cost saving measure too, you know, but it also adds another element to the race where you got to strategize and, and figure out, okay, we want to take a set here or not. Um, you know, if you don't take a set here, then you're going to run in the back a little bit. Can you get back up and, and get your spot if you were leading or running top three, you know? Yeah, and, and, and it can be, like, a decision these teams have to make where, like, you look at it from the – if these teams just have unlimited sets of tires, and like, that, I, I can be a crew chief. Yeah, come down, take four. Like, Yeah, I mean, that, that's how it was on iRacing before they – they added tire limits to it. And it was like, basically anytime a caution came out, it was like, all right, come down and take four, because if not, you're going to get beat on tires. So when they started adding the, the sets, it, it made for definitely, you got to strategize like, okay, I, I can run X amount of laps before I can change tires. You know, I saw one tweet, uh, you retweeted off our account. Uh, somebody said that the Xfinity and truck crew chiefs are watching this and laughing because they do it every week. 
Yeah, I think it was Colin Fern, right? Um, I'm trying to scroll through and find it right now. I just I remember. Yeah, it is Colin. I just found yeah. it. There it is. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty good follow on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I definitely thought that was funny. Um, I'm like, yeah, this is Xfinity and trucks every week. <laughs> but one thing, uh, to talk about for the race, definitely one of the big stories of the race is the parody this year is is definitely showing like we'd expected where. Ross Chastain led the most laps in this race and through three races, the top two like lap leaders are Ross Chastain and Tyler Reddick. So yeah, I, it's, I, definitely, it's definitely opened up, um, opened up the racing a little bit more for these smaller teams. Um, I said, I don't think we're going to see quite the parody. Everybody was really maybe thinking to begin with. Um, because the cream is always going to rise to the top. We've talked about that on here about that. Um, and also, I mean, we've heard Trackhouse really kind of hit on something um, at the Charlotte test. They found three tents um, after lunch one of those days at the Charlotte test. So they definitely found something with last week Suarez in the mix and leading some laps. And then this week, Ross Chastain going out and leading 80-some laps. Um, yeah, Trackhouse is definitely putting themselves in position to win a race here soon. And no reason Suarez couldn't have been in the mix again in this race if he didn't get caught up in some shit with Chase Briscoe early. Yeah, just kind of unfortunate situation there for the 99 of Suarez. But, yeah, he was definitely in position there um, to do to get another good run. Um, like I said, Trackhouse has hit on something, and then you talked about it. Um, Tyler Reddick last week. Um, I, I can't remember how they ran this week, to be honest. Um. But yeah, either way, uh, I think I think RCR Reddick, Reddick and uh, Austin Dillon, RCR in a hole. Reddick had that spin early, but I don't think Austin Dillon was really a factor at any point. But Reddick had that spin early, but rallied back to come home in the t- somewhere in the top ten. Okay. Reddick, yeah, as I said I think RCR definitely have found something which we we know they've had this car the longest. We talked about that, and then also Trackhouse seems to have found something. Um, and we'll just see how long it takes these teams to catch up. But obviously, I think the teams, I mean, we talked about it, the cream rises to the top the past two weeks. Hendrick has gone out and got the win. But, hey, if, if the best teams are still winning, but the racing product is this good, uh, I ain't going to complain about it. And talk about cream not rising to the top. Yeah. Are there two guys who have had worse luck to start the season than Ryan Blaney and Denny Hamlin? Uh, Christopher Bell. Yeah, I guess you could say Christopher Bell too, but man, I was just thinking Blaney and Hamlin. Blaney gets caught up in that wreck early, not really of his doing, and then Denny broke his transmission late there on pit road, was having his best run of the year. Yeah, Denny probably had probably the best car all day, honestly. Um, The Toyotas were fast in a whole, um, as a whole. It passed Cody Ware in points this week. Who did? Denny. Ah, okay. Did Blaney? <laughs> Blaney's still behind him? No, Blaney is Blaney is 13th because okay. he had a good Daytona. So. Oh, yeah. And he had a good piece in California. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I definitely would say Christopher Bell has probably had some of the worst luck um, to start the season. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was running second on Sunday and spun from second. 
How about that that ridiculous TikTok that NASCAR posted that I sent with the, the the Thomas the Train song? Yeah. Yes, that was hilarious. <laughs> uh, definitely something very odd with his new car. Uh, the tire somehow folded up on itself or something, and and it looked like Christopher Bell was driving a '64 Impala with hydraulics on it. Um, I know we we're on the West Coast swing, but that was that was about as West Coast as it gets, right there. Looked like he was racing a donk. Yeah. But I mean, uh, great slab city, baby. Yeah. But no, nah, that was a, it seemed like the tires in general just were, were not as much, uh, an issue this week as they, uh, as they've been in past weeks. I don't, I don't even know if NASCAR changed anything. It just seems like drivers have figured out, like, you better keep it rolling. And they've seemed to understand that. Well, I also would suspect that maybe it was a different compound. I don't know. I, that's just purely speculation. Um, I don't know if NASCAR designed a, a certain compound for a mile and a half versus the bigger tracks, you know? Yeah. So I, I, that, that could also have something to do with it. I'm not sure. But yeah, just, or like you said, the drivers just realize you can't stop what you spin. You got to keep the thing rolling as much as best you can um, so it doesn't beach itself. But you didn't have any beached whales on the track this week, at least. So no, certainly it, it, they, it was definitely a minimal. Um, I, I I didn't really can't really think of too much of that happening. I mean, maybe one or two, but it was, certainly wasn't a storyline. Like after coming out of California, um, but the racing product is just as good. And that's another thing is uh, I, I think it's I don't know how to say it, what his last name is. I had to look, but it's Bozzi. Uh He's he works on IMSA cars. Uh, and, and he if he's a really good follow on the technical side of stuff. Uh, he, he was talking about like uh, when Kyle Busch's shifter broke early in the race, they, he basically pulled up diagrams of what it was and showed us show, showed you what it was. Um, I can't remember what I was going for. Oh, he was he was saying that uh, he he was like. Oh, it's just not a simple solution if you want the racing product to stay how it is. You know what I'm saying? We talked about it, how if you change the ride heights, that's going to kind of mess with everything, um, tech and all, you know? So it's, it's interesting how you can't put that together. Um, and, and he didn't want to, like I said, mess. he didn't want to change the rules package and affect the racing. He's, he'd much rather come up with an easier solution, whether whatever that is. It seems like they're they're coming up with that just by learning. Yeah, and it seems like the drivers and teams are just learning more about it. And and even if there's no exact fix, it's just hey, keep which you know the whole keep the car rolling thing is great, but obviously there is a safety concern there. Like has been talked. I don't think we've talked about it, but you know it's been talked about that it's a safety concern. Like if a driver has a hard wreck and is hurt or something. And he has a spider and crew chief screaming at him to stay in the gas. That's obviously not an ideal scenario, but I mean, it's just kind of what we're dealing with at this point. Like, like things will sort themselves out. I mean, like I said we're what three races in right now. Yeah, and I think it's everybody's just definitely overreaction to that stuff. When we saw it in California uh, and Daytona, it was like, oh, this is they ruined it, you know. This new, car, this new car is ruined. NASCAR's dead. Right. So they'll they'll sort the bugs out and get get everything smooth 
smooth and orderly in orderly fashion. So, what else you got from Sunday? You got any other storylines you want to talk about other than probably the biggest storyline of the week? Yeah, I mean, I I assume you're you're referring to Kyle Bush there for the the biggest storyline of the week, but um, uh, just just in general, that battle between Kyle Bush and Truex, I mean, that was just mono mono great rate. I, I mean, I feel like we are we're robbed, and obviously this is coming from a Kyle Bush fan, but like that should have been the like, yeah, it was certainly exciting. Um. I mean, that me was a lot. guys. That was just two guys, all steering wheel, all gas, like just duking it out. That was like, that. I mean, I don't think either guy had a had a better car. I think that was just two drivers, two of you know the four or five best drivers in NASCAR, two of the four or five best wheelmen. I'd say Martin Truex Jr. and Kyle Busch just getting up on the wheel and racing the piss out out of each other, and that was awesome. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of uh, Jeff Gordon and, and Jimmy Johnson in Atlanta in, like, 2011. Yeah. Um, where those two guys just swap back and forth, crossing over, slide jobs. Um, and, and, like you said, all steering wheel and, and throttle, just, just putting it out there and, and, and racing and the hell out of each other, but clean. And that's the advantage of this car and this package over what we had before. Like, if this was the old – the old car, the old package, that's, I mean, Kyle Busch just has to block. And, you know, we never even really see a race there, I'd say. Whoever gets the lead off the restart is just going to block for, for 20, 30 laps. I mean, and it's not to say, like, I'm not one of the people who was, like, bitching about the last package a lot. Like, it was, like, the worst thing ever. I thought it was still entertaining. And there's still, but, I mean, it wasn't as good. You know, like, we'd see a guy blocking. And somebody trying to break the air and struggle to get a run, and that's what it would have been. Yeah. Uh, another thing is, I think with that you can race side by side with this car. You're not so reluctant on that side force as you were with the old car, um, to where you can race side by side and not have to worry about either you getting sucked around or, or sucking the other guy around and taking you out. Um, so yeah, just with the. The aero balance and the symmetry of the car, it's just put on some great racing over the past two weeks. I'm I'm excited to see what it does at Phoenix. Cause honestly, Phoenix, we talked about it on here last year. Uh, it's it's not really the greatest racetrack. It doesn't put on the greatest race. Same with Richmond. I mean, they race a lot alike, um, and, and they're usually pretty boring races. So we'll have to see how that plays out this weekend. I'm excited to see what what it brings. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, if this car and, and package can kind of resurrect tracks like Phoenix and, and, and Richmond that have struggled and not produced great racing the last few years. I mean, we've already seen it resurrect two tracks, I'd say, in Fontana and in Vegas that in recent years haven't had the best racing either. So Yeah, for sure. But but this will be this will be the first I guess not. I was gonna say this would be the first short track race, but we had the Coliseum, so Yeah. I mean that's kind of an outlier. Yeah. But it, it it'll be it'll be something different than we've seen with this car yet for sure. So it's gonna be fun to see how they race there. They had they had a test here in this car in November, so and, and we know at that test there was a handful of drivers spinning out, Chase Elliott, Kyle Bush, 
two former champions being one of them or two of them. But we'll have two weapons. Uh, but I, I mean, I definitely think it'll be better than what we saw before. That's that's for sure. Yep. Even though this will be, this will actually be less horsepower than they've had at Phoenix the last couple years because yeah, they've true. had 50 at Phoenix the last couple years. They'll have this pat what 670 now. So that's one that'll be something interesting. And because yeah, so I guess this will be less horsepower. I just thought, yeah, that'll be less horsepower than they've had here in the past. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Also, I think we will we will see shifting come into play this weekend. Um, yeah, yeah, I was thinking be, about that too. Which would be an interesting thing um, to see how drivers handle that, whether it's uh, they break a transaxle or 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 what what could come of that, you know. But and and that's one thing about Sunday's race too is is. I, I thought we were gonna, from the sounds of things, we were gonna see more of those broken transaxles. We did see it from from Denny Hamlin, but that's one of the first ones. But that was I, a driver error. Yeah, I, I which yeah, and that's the even thing. Though, I, I mean, even even really, you go back to all the all the kind of parts and pieces of this the car that are manufactured by companies outside third parties. Um, I don't think we've seen really any. Any issues with the, the parts yet? Failing, yeah. Failing one. I just thought we would see more of, like like you say, the, the driver error and the broken transaxles. That was something that people were really concerned about, and this was the, the first time we've seen it, I guess, manifest itself. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple issues in L.A., but I know the torque was really high there on the, on the transaxles. Uh, I don't think you'll see the torque nearly as high anywhere else. We go maybe Martinsville. Uh, I know we saw some issues with the drivers dropping dropping the clutch and, and spinning that transaxle too quick and breaking parts in that. But, yeah, Denny Hamlin just come to leave a pit road um, and was shifting through the gears. And, obviously, the sequential shear, shifter, you uh, pull back to shift up and, and push forward to shift down. And from what it sounds like, he shifted from first to second, was cruising through second down pit road. And then as he's going to get up to speed and – I guess he had a brain fart moment and thought to shift to third, which would be up, you know, pushing pushing forward up into third. Uh, and he ended up going back into first and just tore the whole transaxle and ripped all the gears out of it. So, yeah, just driver error there. And just, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm impressed that we haven't seen any issues come up with actual parts and pieces of this car yet. Yeah, uh, it's definitely held together and we haven't seen all the, mechanical issues that people were concerned about because you can go buy these cars at walmart according to kyle bush yep last year, <laughs> last year you could get them at target yeah this year it's uh it's walmart <laughs> but um yeah and then we had the kyle obviously you say the story of the race we had the late restart alex bowman uh out uh, like First off, Alex Bowman, that's impressive. He he straight up outdueled and outdrove the best race car driver in the world. Are you kidding like, me? What's... I thought I thought he backed into the win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So you're telling yeah. me he didn't just back into that win there? Yeah, no, it just just uh He actually had a race the the greatest race car driver on the planet right now? I it's crazy, but I, I think he did. Wow. I think he outdrove him. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of put, playing it up yeah. here. 
Um, if you if you've been living under a rock this week in NASCAR Twitter land or wherever you get your news, um, Kyle Busch obviously comes across his radio as he's crossing the start finish line, and and he's up the mic and quote uh, says quote the same fucking guy who backs into every fucking win that he ever fucking gets backs into another fucking win bullshit. So, so very was- very colorful. Uh, Eminem colorful language there by Kyle Bush. I did say to you guys in the group chat before I even saw that quote from Kyle, how like damn Bowman gets lucky. And like I will say, like that's not to say Bowman doesn't do a great job and there's not like obviously he puts himself in, in position to so that's why like I'm not taking away from him. But with that said, he does like I understand Kyle's frustration and Kyle's whole premise isn't exactly wrong. Like he has gotten some some very lucky breaks the last few years, and almost all of his wins are are have kind of like at least being in that position has has fallen into his lap. Like, and, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. I mean, to win a cup race is hard, so it's like he's not, you're not backing into any wins, but you definitely can get lucky, uh, and and but you also got to wait. I can't remember where I heard the quote, but it's a perfect quote. It's luck is where preparation meets opportunity. So it's like I said, you gotta you gotta put yourself in those positions to to be able to capitalize on on that luck. Um, yeah, that's I'm not gonna take away from. I mean, I mean, everything played out in their favor. You had Kyle Busch who didn't qualify right, and and was didn't get a pit stop selection essentially, or had last pit stop selection right. So that put him towards the pit entrance side of things. And Bowman and the whole Hendrick camp, I guess three of the four cars, were closer to pit exit side. And they actually made that audible call at the last stop. When they saw Kyle Busch take four, they ended up audible in the two. So, I mean, like I said, just stuff like that is like everything has to go perfectly for you to, to get these wins no matter what. And I'm pretty sure Kyle wanted four tires. Like... Oh yeah, I mean that we saw what happened all race long with guys that either didn't take tires or took two tires. Um, I mean the guys that took two tires could kind of hang up a little there a little bit, um, but hell, that race goes one or two more laps, uh, those two tires ain't hanging on, you know. But all that being said, I I don't exactly think Kyle Bush is he he uh, he didn't say it the right way but I, his his premise isn't exactly wrong like Bowman has got like just I mean you look at all four of his wins last year you look at Richmond pumped the tires up got a good restart won the race he's in position all day they pumped the tires up late got him up there Dover his uh ran up front his crew had the best pit stop of the season after a late caution, got him out. He held the lead because he can't pass at Dover. Went to Pocono. Kyle Larson blows the tire and turns three right in front of him, hits the wall. Bowman wins, and then go to Martinsville. And I mean, he was he drove his way up front, but there's a lot of chaos there that led up to Alex Bowman winning that race. So, yeah, I mean, as I say, but he's always put himself in a position to get the wins. I mean, I mean, Kyle, like I said, Kyle Busch is not wrong. Um, I mean, the re- really, 
it's like the only reason we know of this quote is because of our access to the sport. I mean, we have access to the scanners, which is awesome technology and, and a really cool thing that we get for NASCAR. But we also take it for granted sometimes where we make it a story like this. You know what I'm saying? Kyle Busch is thinking, I mean, he, he knows that everybody can hear it, obviously, but he's just like talking to his crew when he says that, you know, and obviously he's mad. He just lost the race because of a late caution with two or three laps to go when he was leading and, and already made the final pass, what he thought on Truex. Um, so I definitely understand Kyle's frustrations. And it's just one of those things where uh, you, if it, if another athlete was to say this to, so, you know, in the trenches of, uh, of a football game, you know, offensive line versus defensive line, you're never going to never going to even know about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people say shit like that all the time. Like you look at Tom Brady. I mean, what do you hear all the time? It's like all oh, the refs and. Yeah, they, I, they, honestly, they, hell, you go back to well, we're at Daytona and Brett Griffin when he was spotting for Hemrick in the Xfinity race. He's like, "Oh, get this fucking guy out the way." You know, that's our spot. Like. If, if they, they do the ins and outs of it, I mean, I said, obviously, this is a tension-grabbing story uh, for the week. Uh, easy to, to run with it. And then, obviously, Alex Bowman picked up on it and, and made another T-shirt, which is cool. Um, it's definitely given serious. But, but, yeah, it's just one of those heat of the moment, typical Kyle Bush. He gives us some of the best quotes there is. I mean, the, it's definitely made Dave Moody's week a lot easier. Yeah, man, it's made, every, it's made this show entertaining, you know? It's just easy to easy to talk about. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. Uh, it was funny, but I don't think it's as big a story. I think we both agree it's not really. No, I, it's, it, it's just he's the moment thing. There's no animosity there. I mean, Alex Bowman and Kyle Bush have already talked about it. Uh, it's just one of those deals where it's like heat of the moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, this is this is if this is what drivers say on the. I mean, you should watch Radioactive. I mean, people people that don't realize that this is what is said all race long about drivers. It's just like I I remember like one of like the main things is like like the whole fan narrative started to shift on Martin Truex Jr. because they're like, oh, he's a crybaby because he gets mad on the radio. Like, and uh, like he is he is a bit of a drama queen on the radio. Yeah, but so are a lot of drivers, and it's like I don't think. Oh Truex, no doubt. I don't Truex, think. I just don't like about Truex is he gets mad when people are racing him. Well, he gets mad at lap cars. Like I remember the whole thing a couple years ago was like Stenhouse was laps down and throwing blocks and shit, and he got pissed off at Stenhouse, and then Stenhouse was like, "Why does he come say it to my face?" It's like he said a heat of the moment thing on the radio and got mad at you. Like shut the fuck up. Like right. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, we've kind of already previewed this next upcoming weekend at Phoenix. Um, what do you say we do some picks? Let's do it. Phoenix coming up, Xfinity Cup this weekend. Yep. I'm probably not going to see a lot of racing this week. I'm, I'll be at the SEC tournament in Tampa. So I'm going to go down there for that. So I might not get to see a ton of the racing myself. Gotcha. But, so. But I will definitely go back and do my homework for the Outlaws and, and uh, NASCAR so we can have a solid podcast next week. But, uh, yeah, what are you thinking? Saturday, Xfinity Series, who who you like? Oh, you kind of hinted at your pick earlier, I'd say. 
No, I'm going to change it up, but stick with that camp. I will go with the the corn numbers of the old seven. All right. All right. That's a um, good pick. Great track for uh, great track for Justin. Um, I think I think I'm I'm with you. I'm going to go in that camp, too. And I'm going to go with Josh Berry. Hell yeah. So that'll be my pick. And then we got our uh, cup race on Sunday. Sorry, my thoughts seem kind of broken right now. I'm trying to multitask and get everything pulled up. Who you got on Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I got mine if you want me to go first. Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. All right. I'll go with a guy, get his first win in quite a long time. Has to be one of the longest winless streaks of his career, but a track he's good at, really good at, gets up on the wheel. Kevin Harvick gets back to victory lane, wins at Phoenix. It's kind of crazy we've gotten to the point where saying Kevin Harvick's going to win is like, oh, okay. but Surprise winner. Yeah, but I never thought it. You never thought it'd get that way with Kevin Harvick, but it's been a struggle for him in the Stuart Haas camp. But I mean, I think this certainly was a- last year was a struggle for them. I mean, yeah. it wasn't. But what two years ago, twenty twenty, he was winning all the damn races. So yeah, he hasn't won since that Bristol race in twenty twenty. The yeah. the the race that we'll debate about <laughs> until the end of time. Yeah, but I mean, he has. Eight wins at Phoenix, and, I mean, it's been a while for him. And, obviously, we know this this car is putting it into the driver's hands, and I think old Happy Harv is, is going to get up on the wheel this weekend and know this is an opportunity for him. And it's going to kind of be his statement, hey, don't count me out when. And it's going to be like, I think our story going into the week next week is going to be like, oh, shit, Kevin Harvick's back, baby. Yes, sir. So, got anything else to uh, to hit on before we uh, before we get out of here? Definitely a long show, longer than I thought, but a lot to talk about and good discussion for sure. So, I'll get this cut up and put out. But uh, that's all I got. We got the F one controversy with uh, Mazepin losing his ride, and I guess you said Magnuson is going to be getting that seat at Haas now. Yep. So, that's crazy. <laughs> All right. Why, why did why did Magnuson get the? By the way, why did Magnuson get the job over the development driver? I mean, you're more the F1 guy. Do you think it's just a money thing? Or? Probably a sponsors thing. Maybe from Gene Haas, it's easier to sell sponsors with K Mag, a guy that's proven. Gotcha. And also, I mean, maybe uh, Fittipaldi has uh, like obligations where he can't race all the races or something. You know. True. I don't true. know. I don't know. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I haven't, have not looked into that to be honest. I haven't read all the details yet on it. I was kind of surprised. Uh, I thought it would have been Fittipaldi for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember you saying that earlier this week, and you were excited about him. But figure that's a big story to touch on at least. Yeah, we might have to cover something more of that before the season opener in a few weeks. Uh, it looks like maybe two weeks before uh, they open their season in Bahrain. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe touch on some F1 news and notes uh, here in the next couple of weeks. All right. All right, man. Hell of a show. And yep. I'll...
Oh, oh, one more story before we get out. Blaney, Blaney boys, Sharon Speedway, SRX. That's going to be awesome. Dave and Ryan. Yep, no surprise there. Uh, kind of was waiting for that announcement, or at least one of the two, but definitely cool to have both of them. Uh, I think that'll be the second time we've had father son combo in the uh, SRX series. I know Chase and, and Bill Elliott ran last year at Nashville, so that was cool with Chase Elliott getting the win. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Hell yeah. All right, man. For real this time, we'll get out of here. Um, yeah. Awesome. Good talk.